It's going to suck it though here a minute because I won't have Gatorade. I have like that much left, which is great. All right. So scroll it up. Scroll it. There we go. Hello and welcome to the Else Nerds Show, the show on the Else Nerds Network, soon to be on Galactic Netcasts, very, very soon if I have my way, um, for or where we talk about everything that's on our nerdy hearts in the nerd world that we live in. Uh, joining me this week once again because Corey is slammed at work. Um, I, I, I swear we didn't kill him or anything like that. He's just away on business. Um, it's Beatmaster. Beat, how you doing? I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing pretty good. Um, besides the the headache I have a little bit, which is good. I'm, I'm good. I'll roll through it. Um, it's just from putting together a outdoor antenna for my grandma and an exercise bike for her as well. Um, which the exercise bike was fine because the tool that they give you is a is not the easiest thing to use. And, oh, and I got my office chair that I had bought. Well, all the parts, I should say, for the office chair that I bought. And um, had it together for all of maybe 10 minutes. And I'm like, nope, it's going back. Even had oh. to fight. I had, I had to fight them a little bit, too, about it. Because, like, can you send us a picture of why, what you're talking about here? I'm like, no. You're not getting any more pictures. This is you trying to prolong this. And I'm pretty sure I'm going to have to pay to ship it which is gonna fucking suck sorry there's the explicit tag um but i'm gonna I, i'm probably gonna withdraw the amazon a to z claim and file a new one but like hey they gave me this whole hassle this whole time it took forever to get the parts that i needed i wasn't satisfied with the product once i did get it and then they made me pay for this i want a refund fully with the shipping and everything sort of deal and see what goes on from there because it's honestly it's it's sort of a dick move to me if you're gonna charge you know if you're not gonna print out a shipping label for that for someone to tape tape to their box and send you this stuff back it's like you don't care you you know you're selling a crap product and you do not care did you solve the actual puzzle of putting things together back again after putting all, all all out of the package did you get it back in again oh yeah yeah, okay. the only thing that I didn't get is the base plate of the chair, that's the part that sticks to the piston. I couldn't get that part apart, so I'm just like, you know what? And it fit, like, yes! <laughs> the Clarkson approach! <laughs> um, But no, this is not the time or place to talk about all of that stuff. Um, this is where we're going to talk about the news of the, that we I found over the past week, or that we found over the past week, and talk about that the, with the first bit of news that Peter Serafinowicz has been cast as the Tick in the Amazon pilot called The Tick. And this is interesting because, as Evan pointed out before we were on air, that it looks like um, every like almost everyone else who was involved in the in the TV show will be back. Um and with the exception of Patrick Warburton. Patrick Warburton, I think because he's got the show crowded, um, which I'll talk about later, but he won't be able to do this more than likely. So So help help me out there. What's the show about? Um so the show is about well, it started out as a, um, it's it's an 
over oh, wait since it was created by um the title start or the character started life as a mascot for comic book store new england comics where um ed where i think the creator shopped of the tick um and then then it became a full it started out as a comic book and then from 1994 to 1996 it ran as an animated series on fox kits um and then there was a, a and this was produced by sony pictures um, and then the, the live action one starred Patrick Warburton, which lasted just nine episodes from 2001 to 2002, but it has, um, a cult following and it's basically this guy who's a, um, who's a superhero and has a bunch of superhero friends, but they got some lame powers for the most part, like, uh, um, or they're just like knockoffs, like subtle, like wink, wink, nudge, nudge to more popular characters. Like uh, Batman, well, is clearly Mexican Batman. <laughs> um, but it's done more in the Adam West style of Batman, not the Christian Bale or you know any of the more recent ones where it's like dark and serious and rah, this is me smiling sort of thing. Um. And it, but it's like it, it was a cool little show, and that I didn't watch live, like as it was airing, I caught it afterwards and appreciated what they were going for here. Um, you never really saw them doing the superheroing; it was more just their everyday lives, like as you know things things that were going on in their everyday life. And it was a hold on. Oh, sorry. I was like, I was jumping around in the article, um, because it, this is about Peter Serafinowicz, which I didn't know this part, but he voiced Darth Maul in Star Wars Episode One. Did not know that, but he was also in, um, he was also in other things, including the TV show Spaced, um, and Guardians of the Galaxy, where he played uh, Denarian Sal, hmm. um. And where he uttered the line, and this is straight from the article, from Comic Book Resources, where he uttered the line, "What a bunch of a holes." <laughs> um, but no, the tick—it's a little bit like an over-the-top, funny, over-the-top funny. I feel like I have to classify it that way. Um, just superhero show. It was a spoof of superheroes, and if Corey was here, he'd probably have way more to say about it. Um, Isn't it adult or um, it was Mopichi? It, you ever, it was one of those shows that it, it was very, it was PG because it wasn't exactly safe like a kid's show the the cartoon was but this one it wasn't the live action one wasn't because there was a little bit more of uh, sexual situ situations like like flirting and stuff like that I'm getting my uh, RI or not RI uh, MPAA hat going here and you would have, and you know, there was a little bit of not like I don't, I don't remember there being like really any vulgar language, but like like I think they would say like hell and damn or so stuff like that. Um, but yeah, the car the cartoon I would compare it to if you ever seen the saw the cartoon Freakazoid. Yeah, it it was it was like that. It was Fox's answer to Freakazoid, or vice versa, depending on which one came out first. 
Um, so you think it's too late that the people that owe it only are interested in and the new kids aren't, or is it? I think it could have, depending on on how they where they go, how they go with this. It could have a it could tick off or kick off and become another Amazon hit that Amazon's been building out here. Um, it all depends on how they go. Like, do they go full nostalgia fest? Because that's one of the things that doesn't always work with rebooted properties is if it's because it, you have to you have, in my opinion, you have to go a very fine line of nostalgia and um, being available and open to new people, to new fans. Because if you go to nostalgia train, then you're alienating potentially new viewers, which would mean a better chance of you getting renewed, especially if it was in key demographics. And I'm talking network TV here. Um, online, it's a little bit different um, sort of deal. So, like, you know, if like if the show is aimed at, you know, the 18 to 34-year-old demographic for men and your show, and but you're relying heavily on people who are now 40 or 35 to 45, um, because you're doing a lot of nostalgia stuff from when they were in the 18 to 35 demogra- or 18 to 34 demographic, then you're not going to be a big success. But at the same time, if you rely, make it too uh, new person friendly, almost like a reimagining, you're not going to have, you're going to have the fanboys clamoring about it. It can't be any worse than Jim and the hologram. So we're good. Uh, I yeah. never had a chance to see that movie. Um, I like some of the actresses who were in there, and but yeah, yeah, just, okay. But yeah, it's but no, it's it's a cool, um, it's a cool little show. It was a cool cult following show, but the other one, and I have way more things to say about this. This is where I get my rants on. Doesn't help that. You know, I had candy earlier, and my jaws were starting. To, my jaws were hurting from that. Um, but the other one is the news that, and this is in the category of no duh, that Jeremy Renner is open to a Hawkeye Netflix series. There's, there's not too much more I could say about it, but like, of course, of course, he's open to it because one, I think he really likes the character, and two, it's a job. You know, I mean, it's going to be more money. It's going to be. And it's going to give him exposure. Um, I can't think of who, which one of you guys said it, but someone mentioned like a this being a more like a like he he wanted a more darker kind of character or take with this. And I don't see that as being a successful thing for Hawkeye because Hawkeye. Well, er, go ahead. Uh, yeah, just going there the same places as Jessica Jones did, and there they will. It could be a stick that gets boring soon. But the, the main thing is, can he go back to the movies then? Because usually things stick on TV and then cross over back to TV, uh, movies, as we see with the DC Wars. I th- make the clear lines there saying, no, that doesn't uh, transpond uh, to that, what we have. I honestly think that he could. Because, you know, unless Marvel is working on a Hawkeye movie, um, like, 
I still think that this could be a um, that he could do this because you know they they, they could work the show around the, the movie schedule because it's the same it's the same company it's the same you know it's both Marvel Studios um, and you know even though there is like where the movies don't answer to the TV shows yeah, pe- same people's it's still, I don't see them, you know, going, oh, well, you can't have Jeremy Renner this week in, because she's over here working on the show sort of deal because it it would just hurt both companies at the end, or both sides at the end, which is ultimately hurting, hurting the one company. But on the point with it being a, like, oh, it having to be dark because it's on Netflix, I don't see that. I My pitch for this show would be, um, you have, like, with the movies, which are, are very similar. Like, it's it's sort of like Hawkeye in the in the in an Avengers comic book, where he's you know he, he's a, a character in there, and it's him as the superhero. You have the Hawkeye TV show as the Matt Fraction and David Aha run of Hawkeye in the comics, where it wasn't. You weren't following him around as he's a superhero. It was set up as what he's doing on his days off. Sort of deal. One and that one main thing, issue I see or probable issue, maybe it isn't. When you have a guy shooting arrows and picking a dark show, what you gonna think to at first? And and that's where I don't think it would be. And yeah, I get what you're saying. It's gonna compare it to Arrow. That's why I'm saying you don't go dark. The comic book was never the the Hawkeye comic book by Fraction and, and Aha wasn't dark. It did have you know it did it was billed as this is how, what Hawkeye how Hawkeye's like on his days off, but quickly came into oh he's the same guy. It's just different levels of of threats because he was fighting this Russian gang who loved the word bro bro so. Um, sort of deal and but there were funny moments you know you could i could see the um they bring in a a a female to be to be the cape bishop hawkeye in here as well and you get a dog and you have pizza dog and you have one one episode that's told all through his eyes and there's not really any dialogue it's all just like outside sort of deal you know like and it be really it be really cool and really successful um and i think it would be a separate enough to where it's like oh well this is clearly just marvel's uh answer or marvel's version of uh of green arrow sort of deal which i think is what you were alluding to to a degree uh, not that people are stupid they can differentiate the shows but they will go there many critics and many other people you know it will happen there's yeah. no doubt and that's where I say you don't focus on the superheroics with a Hawkeye show um, you because there's a lot of different things you can do in there it could be a more solid tie to the Mar- uh, to the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, universe where you have him working in S.H.I.E.L.D. At, with with uh, with Bobby and and then you, you switch things up a little bit to where, you know, you have, like, because, again, they had another issue where it was 
the 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 the, the, the three wives. You had uh, Jessica Drew, Spider Woman as the work wife, or no the yeah the work or no the the current the current wife like the, the current girlfriend. Um, Bobby Morris was the ex wife, and then um, uh, Black Widow was the work wife sort of deal, and it was all just how he's messing everything up with all three of them, and it was, and it was a cool little story. And you do something like that with the bringing in some other uh, female mar- characters to the Marvel Universe, which they desperately need, if I'm going to be honest. Um, But that's also, this is my opinion. I mean, they could go dark and gritty, but I don't think that would work, To to if I'm completely honest. Because then it's like, oh, we're just getting, everything's going to be dark and gritty for dark and gritty's sake. I don't know. What do you, what do you think, Bate? Yeah, it's a dilemma because we want to, things get more serious, treated serious as fans. We don't want to see it as kids stuff. But now we get things like Man of Steel and Batman vs. Superman and where's, where's headed makes, creates some headaches for me and Corey and sometimes for you too. <laughs> yeah. So I, I see, see him as a character that has comedic chops, the actor and the character. Both, because he's always the one running around <laughs> saying the other fly, the others do that, and he is the only one running around for shooting arrows, and that in itself is fun. But does it relate? Can you do 13 episodes out of that? Because I think so. How much, how much meat to the bone is there? I didn't read up the character. I don't know him as well as I would by others, so I don't know how his well, ones and, are or what about. And there is some different things that would. Like, like, like going, for example, to the, to the analogy of the work wife, the ex-wife, and the, and the, the current wife or current girlfriend, you would obviously have to retweak it because you would have, um, Laura Barton as the current wife. Um, you, I would almost have, you would have to do Natasha as the work wife, which she is in the comic books anyways, but then you'd have to bring in someone else to be you know, that third girl in his life, um, which, which, you know, I'm, I'm not a writer, so I couldn't, th- I couldn't tell you exactly who it would be, but it would still work. You know, it's just all the hilarity that he gets in as when he's not, you know, when he's not rocking the, the purple and the spandex leather, whatever thing that they wear. Excuse me. Yeah. So, I think that's it about that's it with the news. Um, I'm gonna hit the, and we're gonna so we're gonna do some of the TV shows. Um, I'm gonna start with the one that I alluded to because there's a link with uh, Patrick Warburton, and that's the T, the new NBC comedy Crowded. Um, this stars Patrick Warburton, Stacy Keach, um, Miranda Cosgrove, and a few other people that I haven't really if I I don't remember if I've seen them from somewhere else, but you know other other pretty pretty talented people and i i honestly fell in love with this show the first time i saw stacy keach coming in here because it reminded me of his character on the tv show titus that was canceled way too soon um but then again it's it was fox you know what do you expect from fox but to cancel the things you love way too soon yeah but and titus wasn't a sci-fi show either a science fiction genre show either which was the ironic part here um, 
because I think those did good at the time. But um, so Stacy Keach plays the grandfather to the main character uh, Patrick Warburton, um, and um, it's the basic and the pilot. You know, it is a little piloty at times uh, because the basic premise is the um, this this married couple. They're they're twin. I want to say they're twin daughters. Um, are off at college and and then they come back and or, or and so they're, they're like they're, they're enjoying the fact that they have this empty nest and all that stuff well the girls come back and the his uh father and uh stepmother they were going to move to florida but they decided they're that they're gonna stay and it's and the hilarity ensues from there um and it's it's interesting how they did it because they aired the first two episodes i think on tuesday um this past tuesday but the, it airs regularly on sundays um as a part like i guess nbc is trying to do like their their comedy shows on sunday nights now which is cool you know try you know try different things um and see there's not really too much to say because of the fact that it's a sitcom and it is a funny sitcom i could i could see this getting picked up again because it's it's safe enough to where it's not i'll put it to you this way it's not truth be told it's not that thing truth be told that um not that cringe worthy yeah that it was like every episode they're talking about, which is weird because the Carmichael show does the same thing, but the Carmichael show actually makes it funny and not, oh, here's a TV trope here that we're going to do and all that, um, where, they're, where they're all talking about different issues and stuff. This is really just them sort of going through their life with, you know, with their daughters coming back um, and living back with them at home. Um, the one daughter played by Miranda Cosgrove is, um, is a little bit, is a, a genius. You know, she's like going there, uh, like one of them science kids. She's going to college for, you know, like a, a or no, she has a, an astrophysics degree, uh, oh. or an astro- and then, uh, the other girls, uh, more of a partier. And Evan pointed out earlier that it's a little bit like the Haley and Alex Dumphy, characters on modern family which yeah it is but it still works because of the fact that like where it is a little tropey but it works because of the actors like you believe that man miranda cosgrove could be you know could could be smart i'm not saying she's dumb but you know that she could be a genius and all that stuff and then the other girl you could see her as a party girl and all that stuff and it's really enjoyable i mean it's it's one of these shows that I I do think I will be catching myself trying to watch it, you know, whenever it's on um, on Sundays if I'm not watching Walking Dead or um, you know whatever else is on on Sundays I'll probably be watching this. If not, I'll be watching it the next day on Hulu. Only question I have with the sitcom is it with a laugh track or without? Um, I believe it's a live studio audience. Or oh, I think... okay. Actually, no, I don't know. 
I don't remember if there was a laugh track or if there was like any laughter in there or not. I know the Carmichael show is they they started doing, uh, they started having the different actors say, saying this is filmed in front of a live studio audience. Um, but I don't think it was. I I don't think it was. It shot like a sitcom, but I don't remember there being moments where they there would be laughter. It there very well could be, but. It do, if it was, it doesn't seem like it's, oh, here's a laugh track, you know, to come in to tell you when to laugh, it it's more, all right, yeah, these people found it funny, sort of deal. Like, they, like they, they know where the jokes are at. Kind of like a red dwarf. Yeah. Okay. Um, The next one is another new show, and that's Party Over Here. This is the Fox Late Night... Uh, sketch comedy show that airs on Saturdays. Um, and I saw, on, I think it was on Wikipedia about the show party over here, that this is the first show to air that they, that they aired. That's like this type of show since the Wanda Sykes show, um, which is an interesting thing to hear. It's like, Oh yeah. Or because, which uh, the Wanda Sykes show took over uh, Mad TV's time slot. And essentially what this is, it's, uh, Mad TV's time slot from way back in the day, and um, the show follows. Um, th- well, it's a sketch show, but so it features um, three girls. Um, well, I'm trying to get oh, get the Wikipedia up. Um, uh, pretty over here. It's oh, it's well, it's the program creators are the Lonely Island and Paul Shear. So it's, uh, you know, Andy Samberg, uh, Jorma Tacone, and Akiva Schaefer. And then you have Paul Shear as the... I think Paul Shear was the one who was behind it um, himself, like going, here, bring this, this needs to be a show. Um, and it features, it stars Nicole Byer, Jessica McKenna, and Allison Rich. Um, all of whom, you, 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 like, knowing those names are not, like, well-known names... But you've seen them in other things. Um, and the writers on there, one of the writers is Heather Ann Campbell, who's, uh, she's been on the uh, reboot of Drew Carey, or not Drew Carey show, of Who's Line, and a few other like improv comedy shows as well. And it's a very clever, very smart sketch comedy show. Which at first I was like, oh gosh, this is going to be another dumb sketch comedy show. But it wasn't. Um, I honestly compared it to the, um, if you remember what I, the show I talked about a while back ago during uh, the Australian Broadcasting Company's uh, Fresh Blood uh, pilot season that they had, where they had Auntie Donna. One of the other shows they had was uh, Wham Bam Thank You Ma'am, where it was a sketch comedy show that featured... Uh, like I think all of it was written and uh, starred women and it wasn't just the typical um, thing where it's like oh yeah this is gonna f- this is gonna be about relationships and stuff like that no it was there was some some dumb funny stuff but then some genuinely funny stuff like uh, the the first episode they had they were talking about the the women's suffrage movement in America and like, yeah, we got the right to vote. Wait, it, but isn't the le- election today? Like that was the whole bit is 
they get the right to vote on election day and then all the hassles that a lot of people sadly have to go through when trying to go to vote oh you're at the wrong precinct and you don't have your id with you and yeah i understand you have to go you're on your lunch break right now and you have to get back to to your work in the mill but guess what i don't care sort of deal um which is very it's really funny um and paul shear's in there doing the um the host for the bachelor and one of the sketches and that was it has really funny sketches and even the the ones that weren't all that funny to me were still funny you know like i was laughing hard at some but then not still laughing at others but not as hard as the the ones that were real that i really enjoyed um but yeah so it's critically critical acclaim isn't that high 40 percent on the rotten tomatoes so and, it's a miss or hit for depending on who you are yeah but i think i think this one might have this one could have more legs because of the fact that what's fox going to air as an alternative on there because they've had in the past they had animation domination which they moved over to fxx um so like these shows uh axe cop which i don't think they air anymore i think axe cop got canceled axe cop got the axe um uh, what was the other one um the lucas bros moving company i think got got moved on out um and then high school usa and and then some other show were the other ones that got i think they got renewed or whatever but even then it's like they're on fxx now so it doesn't really matter if you, you only know. would have a segment where we talk which shows are getting cancelled and which ones are starting. Yeah, but... What a horrible idea. We should do that yeah, one time. Yeah. Yeah, maybe when I'm not working 27 hours a week and at such inopportune times throughout the week <laughs> as my lame excuse. Um, But yeah, so that was uh, Party Over Here. Um, I highly recommend it. It airs... Saturdays on Fox, uh, Saturday nights, or you can catch them the, uh, usually the next day on Hulu. Um, and this one, I definitely would say it will be one that I will watch the next day on Hulu at the very, excuse me, at the very least. Um, because I, I might not be, I might be working, you know, who knows? Um, okay. The next, well, before we get to Agents of Shield, because Agents of Shield, I think we could talk about it for a little bit. I want to give a plug for the Galactic Netcast because they're doing some cool things over there. Um, we'll be joining them soon, if I have my way very soon. Um, and they have a new goal on their Patreon. for or A new incentive, I think, is the correct term. And it's over, you can find it over at uh, gncast.com or patreon.com slash, patreon.com slash Galactic Netcast, if I remember correctly. Um, and that's for anyone who, jo- who joins and pledges as little as a buck a month that's what 25 cents a week um you can't even get a cup of coffee for that price you will be invited to these uh the galactic netcast uh patron slack channel um there's a few people in there right now um and if anything it's to see dave figure out how to use giphy because he posted a bunch of random gifs and it's hilarious. It's like it's it's just it's really really funny. Like I pop in there and I'm like, okay, gif, 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 and I notice who's sending them, 
Dave slash Giffy Simpsons and it's something with like Sideshow Bob or um, Alien and it's someone drew a, a, one of the alien faces on a stapler and then had the uh, one of the parts come out to look like the tongue. And I'm like, okay, he's enjoying this way too much. And it also makes me want to say, not tell him that we have the same feature on the Galactic Netcast Patreon, or the, the host Patreon, <laughs> because I'd hate to see what he does on there, too. And check out Podcast of Terror with your good friend Corey in it. Yes, yes. And there's other great, there's a whole bunch of great shows. I'll mention all the rest of them at the end, but Podcast of Terror with with Corey and Matt. And this past week's episode featured J.F. Dubow, author of the life engineered which is right here in my hands talking about the classic nightbreed so it's a double must watch yes exactly so agents of shield i have not full disclosure uh i have not seen the last episode of agents of shield um the last one i saw was the crusher creel um coming back along with um oh what's the, uh, I, I can't i can't think of the general's name um, and yeah. it had the usual twists and turns that I expected. Um, I didn't expect the fact that, uh, Crusher Creel was working for Talbot. Yeah. General Talbot. That's it. Thank you, Evan. Um, I didn't expect that Crusher Creel was working just for Talbot and that Talbot was being blackmailed. I thought, you know, okay, they're both in Hydra now. Yay. Um, sort of deal. I am excited to see where this past week's episode goes. I will probably watch it tomorrow before going into work. Um, just because I will have the time. And now that I've watched some of the, got some of the other things out of the way, i like, okay, time for this. Time for Ages of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, I, I did watch Flash, but I'm saving that for when Corey gets back. Because um, he wants to talk about the, about the whole Berlantiverse as a whole. Um, but what are, your, what are your feelings on the return of shield so far they kept up the speed and the pace but uh, I'm not that great of a fan as it was from from other uh, episodes and this one was a conclusion to a situation we knew is going to happen with Bobby and Hunter not want to spoil anything just saying we knew that they were talking all the, all the time about the day doing their own thing and it, the, how they made the transition, how they ended the episode was heartbreaking, so a little bit overselling it, but it struck the right strings. So it, uh, you, you had the feels. And as <laughs> uh, I said, it ended the arc of these two characters in a good way. And, and by now, Daisy and the other characters have grown enough to, to stand out. So it's a bit better than it was in the first season, very clearly. But yeah, sometimes it's a chore. But when Grant uh, shows up, Grant Ward, yeah, it, it amps up all the whole tension. So he he's still good for for a thrill or two. Yeah, I mean, I'm still there's a part of me that's going okay. There's not too many other things you could get. Uh get Grant Ward to be like you've made him an, a good guy and then he was the mole in the organization 
and then he for like a, I think an episode was was back with the guys but then he's you know trying to start up Hydra and be the leader of it and then he got whipped like the dog he is and now he's uh the character Hive which I can't think if they're an actual Marvel character if this is or or what and I haven't done the whole Wikipedia thing um but one thing you can say about Hydra as well is that uh, the executive producer Guggenheim is saying that they're preparing to get Hydra back to, to re let it re-emerge but they yeah. want to do it with a big event so it could be another cataclysmic moment it, that happens in a movie that influences the show again as, as they already did so there are things coming with Hydra it's we will stay there. I hoped for a new antagonist, a new enemy, but uh, they're doing it right with Malik, a great actor. Yeah. Was always a great bad guy. What's his name? Powers Booth. Yeah. And uh, kudos to them to making it interesting again. Yeah, and and the uh, I, I'm looking looked on you know did the search for this um for the character and he is a character created by jonathan hickman um as you know in the comics created them from you know the, the crap comic creator credit creating him um and it's an interesting thing that they i think they kept the spirit of the character in here without doing um Without, you know, just like saying, oh, well, we took the name of Hive and then we did it this way because, you know, we want to and it's TV and what are you going to do about it? Sort of deal. Um, but it looks... So that part's cool. Um, there's some effects in here that I'm like, okay, yeah, you're getting your budget here and you're getting your money's worth out of these special effects. Like, I even noticed that with uh, Supergirl, like with... Because uh, this past week's episode had... Um, it, it was the origin of of John Jones coming down to Earth, and even there, that didn't look like there was only one scene I saw in there where it looked a little. All right, we could have worked on this a little bit because John stands out too much from the background sort of deal. But with Agents of Shield, I have not seen that yet. Yeah. Okay. Ward doing this his sandy particle stuff. Uh, it reminded me a little bit of uh, the Sandman in uh, Spider-Man Three. Yeah. So there, there, you see the difference. But this is a TV show, so I'm convinced easily, as long as the premise stays valid and the acting is good, I can oversee that. I don't need the best effects to be convinced. Well, I'm not saying I'm not saying the best effects, but I mean, like, like again, going back to Supergirl, where you see, you know, it's 2016, you know, 2015, 2016. And you look where you could tell as she's she's clamping down on the um, on the steel of the cruise ship or or you know the, the big barge, and you could tell oh you could see the digital that it's fake. You know I'm talking like make it to where it's it's more believable yeah. in that regard. Um, with this, I have not seen with Agents of Shield really for the past two years I haven't seen where they've gone where they've done something and I'm like yeah, I don't believe it I don't buy that 
you know, this doesn't, even with them doing, um, the girl who could go, who could go, she, she could run as fast as she could within one heartbeat. I think, I think it was basically how her, excuse me, how her powers worked. Yeah. When they did the slowing it down, that looked incredible. That to me looked awesome. Um, on par with the flash, I would even say, um, actually, no, I would probably say a little bit better because with the flash, there's part of me that can tell when they're doing those, especially like fights that you can tell, okay, they're doing a, it's all CG with this. It looked like they mixed uh, practical and CG, which is brilliant. I love that when they bring in especially when you don't think it's pra- it's it's practical you think it's cg but no it's it was practical or vice versa exactly yeah so like i give them the i give them credit for that sort of deal um anything else you want to mention about agents of shield not particularly no no all right um well okay okay i'll do one quick one that's crazy ex-girlfriend because i've talked about it before we and Corey have talked about it numerous times um, and this past episode was really funny. Again, I don't think they've had an episode that hasn't been funny. And that's great, a great sign for a show. Um, but the past episode featured um, the therapist that she was going to be going, that she's been going to while she's on a plane to New York. Um, the therapist goes, so do you want to have a session? You know, more jokingly because they're sitting next to each other. And then she goes yeah and then you continue on thinking okay they're actually doing this but then you realize she's asleep because the 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 lady who the therapist gets a song and she goes and generally with the songs they they will stay if it's a song that's actually happening they will stay in the realm of reality but she goes over to the wing and you're like wait a minute how how is she over on the wing if they're in the air so and then she's like, "I'm a dream, or I'm a, I'm a dream ghost." Is I believe the line that she said, and I'm like, "Nice, that is clever." And they had other, other dream ghosts with the, uh, with the, oh God, I can't think of her name, but the black girl from from Glee, and Ricky Lake, as the other two, and it was funny. The show was funny throughout. Even had, um. This even had it, it, and it, and they had moments where it was sad too, like because she's trying to find out why she needs all this approval of you know and, and wants to find you know true love, um, which is weird that my calendar thing just gave me a notification about the show an hour, or no, about forty four minutes after starting the show, um. But anyways, I digress, um. The where you have this moment where she's dealing with her dad issues, her her daddy issues, in her dream, and yet you go right from there to a funny moment. It's brilliantly done. I love the show, and it's I cannot celebrate its praises enough. Sort of deal. Uh, but yeah, so that's it. Uh, Crazy Ex Girlfriend airs Mondays at eight p.m. on the CW, and I believe that's gonna do it for us unless there's anything else you want to mention there beat no no 
I feel or like just we... if you're into movie drafts, uh, you have one day to uh, enroll into the uh, Drum Club movie draft. If you yeah. have seen us before, you're ready for it. And yeah. uh, just go there and proof is wrong. Make it make a better ranking yes. than we do usually. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I came close one year. But and, and Evan being the the producer this week, he's reminding me to remind you guys or to tell you guys that next week we will be talking Daredevil. I will try to have seen more than just the first episode of the second season. Um, and I believe Corey and Beat have both binge watched, and hopefully we'll get Corey back, um, because all of his work troubles will be alleviated and better, and, and all that. You know, to hopefully you know things won't be quite crappy and all that stuff. But yeah, so you could check us out on we have our own website. It's elsnerds.com. You could send us mail mail at elsnerds.com. Follow us at Twitter. We are at Eltsnerds. And you can uh, go to our Facebook group and join that at or at facebook.eltsnerds.com. And we record Eltsnerds just about every Monday at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, 6.30 p.m. Western. And um, I mentioned Galactic Netcast a little bit ago, but I'm going to mention them again because they have such great shows. If you, if you like sci-fi, if you like horror, if you like uh, board games... Um, they have, they probably have the show that you will like, whether it be the, uh, Sci-Fi Geeks Club, which I was supposed to be on last week, but Dave was fatigued, so, bummer. Um, or the Alien Invasion, or Weird World Weekly, uh, Who News and Reviews, um, the Sci-Fi Survival Guide, uh, Podcast of Terror, Adventure Party, um, JF Dubose new podcast coming out very soon. Us when we tidy things up and decide, hey, we're good enough to go over there. You can find all of them shows over at gncast.com. That's G-N-C-A-S-T-S dot com. And the only thing that's left to be to be said is this has been a Don't Tell Glenn production. We will see you guys next time. Goodbye. <laughs>